is uh, something that uh, we both have talked a lot about, and that is this whole business of collective consciousness. We were just standing in the back talking about the person that is who we are, that I that says I have a body, that I that says I have a mind that you can't see and that you can't get, is not just located here in us. It is located where? Everywhere. Nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Yeah. Nowhere in particular and everywhere in general. Mm -hmm. And it is it is the process of attention that takes that omnipresent, omnipotent field of potentiality and then freezes it into a localized space-time event. This physical body and even this personality with its mind and attitude and ego is something that happened as a space-time event as a result of that I putting attention on itself and freezing itself into a localized space-time event in a continuum of eternity. Okay, let's take what that and say, what can we do with that? I mean, let's, let's say that uh, the same force, the same energy, the same God, same Christian, whatever you want to call that intelligence, flows through you, it flows through me. Is that correct? I mean, it's, uh, it's in, and, it's in and both And it also flows through everything else, the trees and the stars Absolutely. and the galaxies and the rainforest and everything right. is permeated by that same right. intelligence. So there is some, some theoretically then, we can in fact influence that which is not necessarily influenced, but there isn't a cause and effect relationship, say, between me and you, but there is a, at the same time, relationship between you and I. Yeah, the physicists use the expression, when an electron vibrates, the universe shakes. Mm -hmm. uh, Ayurvedic physicians are often uh, quoted as saying, we are like ripples in the vast ocean of consciousness, and therefore it is our duty to be healthy, uh, for the rest of mankind, yeah. because if we are unhealthy, even with a minor illness, then we are disrupting that mm -hmm. cosmic harmony. Now, politically, economically, um, the, the, the changes that you see taking place in the world, literally, if enough of us began to align ourselves with that intelligence in a way that was harmonious and so on, could we, in fact... Uh, you know, change the world. Could we? Could we bring about? Someone asked me the other day: Is uh, is the president, with all of his grand ideas, uh, is he going to cause us to have a revolution of, uh, of medical concerns and new caring and all that? And my response was: He is the result of what uh, we have been thinking about. Our leaders uh, don't, in fact, dictate to us, but in fact, they come from our consciousness. Yeah, we get the leaders we deserve. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, as a result of our consciousness, the leader is the is the expression of the collective consciousness mm. of society, and just as we're constantly, always living under the hypnosis of a social conditioning, uh, what we call everyday reality is an induced fiction in which we collectively participate. You know, the, um, you know this experiment, we've talked about mm -hmm. this, but Ellen Langer taking people to this, uh, Ellen Langer is a Harvard psychologist 
who took some people to a monastery outside of Boston. And in that monastery, she created an environment from the late 50s. The 50s, right. And she said, be as you were in the 50s. So everything, the fashion, the music, that rock and roll music with Elvis Presley and uh, Walter Cronkite reading the news, Khrushchev and Fidel Castro on the news, said, be as you were in the 50s. Well, as she measured their biological age over three weeks, she found that their hormones reverted, their bone density changed, their hearing got better, just creating an environment from the late 50s caused them in three weeks to reverse their biological age by three years. So, you know, Adi Shankar used to say, great Indian here used to say, um, one of the reasons we grow old and age and die is we see other people growing old, aging mm. and dying. What we see, we become. Nietzsche said, um, we think that we think, we live under the presumption that we think when most of the time we are being taught. Mm. Because even our thoughts are the collective thoughts of right. humanity. So the power of what we're talking about isn't just um, something that we can do to heal our own lives. I'm going to talk about that more because a lot of the questions revolve around the same issues. But they literally imply that we can make an impact on the way the whole world is. I, want, I, just, I read from this book almost every day. It's, the, it's Peace Pilgrim. Uh, many of you know about Peace Pilgrim. She was a woman who back uh, in the 50s decided to walk across the country and get rid of all of her identity and just talk about peace. And she carried around 10 quotations with her about how to create peace in the world. And one of them is from a very unlikely person, Hermann Goring, at the Nuremberg Trials. And listen to what Goring said. I don't know if you've ever heard this, Deepa. This is a direct quotation from Goring as he was being uh, interviewed and uh, eventually indicted on uh, war crimes. He said, um, well, of course people don't want war. He said, why should some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war when the best he can get out of it is to come back to his farm in one piece? Naturally, the common people don't want war, neither in Russia nor in England, nor for that matter in Germany. That is understood. But after all, it is the leaders of a country who determine the policy. And it is always a simple matter to drag the people along. Whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship, voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them they are being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. When you get a collective consciousness that is willing to go along, you can create you know, a, uh, a horror like a World War II. So that if enough of us begin to think in ways that don't allow for us to just, uh, like sheep, just go off doing the, uh, the bidding of whatever leaders you know, are there, I think we can we can really make an impact in the world. And I think the changes that we're seeing around the planet right now, while there are still many examples of, of where we have to go, the fall of the dictatorships and the, uh, the new consciousness is not something that leaders have put on us, but in fact, we've begun to reverse that. 
don't know if you agree with that. It's, it's a very important point, Wayne. Actually, if you look at nature, you find something very extraordinary, a very extraordinary phenomenon, which is called coherence, which means that if in a natural system, a certain number of the elements in that system are functioning harmoniously, then that harmony spreads to the whole system. And the number that have to function harmoniously doesn't have to be more than about 1% of the total population. For example, the heart cells, the pacemaker cells, comprise about 1% of the cells of the heart that generate the electricity in the heart. Or if you have 1% of the cells in a magnetic filing as magnets, then the whole piece, the whole bar will become a magnet. If you have 1% of any given population practicing a certain technique or believing in a certain phenomenon, then it becomes true for everyone. Mm. The famous experiment is the 100th monkey experiment. Right. That again, when, and I've discussed this many times, in Japan, some anthropologists took some potatoes, sweet potatoes, mixed them up with sand and grit and tried to feed them to a monkey population which enjoys these potatoes very much. But they couldn't eat them because they were mixed with sand and grit. Till about six months, they struggled with this phenomenon. And about six months into it, one monkey by the name of Emo, she figured out that if you took the sweet potato and washed it in a stream of water, you could then eat it. The younger monkeys immediately followed suit. They thought it was an interesting innovation. The older monkeys stood away for a while. They thought maybe this was the beginning of a new cult. After a while, though, after a while, let's say on a given, on a given day, 99 monkeys are washing their sweet.